We're going to read from the Bible in a, a short while, but in a business sense, this would be like the AGM. This would be like the AGM, the yearly chance to look back at what has happened in the life of our wee church and celebrate as a church all that God is doing, has done, and is going to do uh, with us. Uh, but this is an AGM like no other. Uh, we have to pinch ourselves. We have to pinch ourselves as we've been uh, praying and preparing for this morning. Uh, two weeks ago, I was at the Vineyard National Leaders Conference down in Nottingham, and this was a, a gathering of about 1,500 leaders. Am amazing time with God, and just amazing to see God move and, and unlock dreams in people's hearts. And four years ago, I went, uh, and I, I went, we were in Aberdeen at the time, I was a, a site pastor of one of the sites of Catalyst Vineyard Church, and, uh, oh yes, we have a... Hi. <laughs> so I went there, and you go for prayer at these things at every opportunity, don't you? And at one point in the, in the week, there was a, a call for church planting. If you think church planting would be part of your story at any point, come forward for prayer. And I, I felt pushed into it. I might have literally been pushed into it, but I was like, I'll just go forward, I'll go forward. So I went forward for prayer, and a gentleman came up, and he said, where do you think you would plant a church? Now, Mary and I met here. We got married here. We wanted to come back here. But if you had said 10 years ago that we would be leading a church, we would have laughed in your faces 10 years ago. But at that point, I uttered the words, Inverness. And then something happened. It was like that guy and me and God. It was only us. And, and God was conspiring something in the kingdom. God was bringing to life something that he knew of before I was born. And at that point, the guy who was praying for me started to get quite emotional when I mentioned Inverness. And I went, this isn't the way around it's meant to work. Surely it's me that's meant to be a bit emotional. And he's like, I have, I have worked in Inverness for over 20 years. I know Inverness. And I would love to pray with you. So at that point, I had a powerful encounter with God. I went away laughing, crying, shaking, and I just knew that God had done something in that moment and was moving us to, to what we have now, to what we have now. And we can't quite believe what God has orchestrated in these last two and a bit years. And in the ter terms of the last year, I've been praying and asking the Lord, you know, what, what has the last year, uh, what, what, what has that been for us as a church? And I got two words that were repeated for this month that just hit me. And the two words were kindness and courage. Kindness and courage. We have seen kindness and courage in its droves this uh, last year. God's kindness in growing this wee church and establishing it in the city. And courage for many of us through the joys and the trials. That we keep getting up, we keep being obedient, and we keep pressing in. And I feel the Lord just wants to say to us as a church this morning, take heart, Inverness Vineyard Church. Take heart. There is so much God has done, it's precious, and it's God's blessing on us as a church. It's God's blessing. We know it and we see it as we journey as a church. So uh, to give you a little snapshot, we get the next slide up. Our vision statement, and it's also here as well, is that we would be a place where people come alive. It's not a massive long sentence but it's a massive vision. And 
that the heart of that is that really whatever this church touches and serves and sows into, that we would host His presence in a way that people's lives would never be the same afterwards. Yes, Sue. Yes, and just to encourage, if there's stuff you feel stirred and you want to cheer and you want to thank God for, please give a little whoop, give a little clap. Say thank you to Jesus, because this is a moment of celebration as we, as we look back. I just want to read Ezekiel 37, 1 to, 4, 1 to 14. And uh, I preached this message back, I preached from this passage in November 2012. And I remembered that when we were coming up and asking the Lord for the vision statement for this church. And this week I went back and listened to that preach. Don't go back and listen to something that you spoke eight years ago. My, my, my Glaswegian is a lot stronger. And I, you think I speak fast just now. You had to slow it down to understand what I was saying. But the title that I had for that talk was Live or Let Dry. Live or let dry, like the James Bond. And I did a little bit of the James Bond singing as well in it, which I won't do this morning. But this picture was deposited in us back then and came to life when we were journeying the dream to plant Inverness Vineyard Church. And uh, let's read. Let's read. So Ezekiel 37, verse 1 to 14, and it'll be up on the screen. It's very small though, so... The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared in them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Amen. We believe when people encounter Jesus, the adventure in life really begins. That we come alive, that we begin to step into an exciting future, and the promise of an eternal life spent with God that impacts not only our lives, but the lives of those people that are around us. We long to, as a church, 
be full of His Spirit, and to lead the city of Inverness into life. Into life. No more dry bones. This last year, just as the year before, so many that I have had coffees with and come into contact with have said, I'm coming alive. I'm coming alive. There's something happening. There's something different happening that Jesus is stirring. I never knew that following Jesus could be like this. That's the kind of lines that I'm hearing through uh, the many Starbucks I'm having and Costas. And that's a vision from God for our city, that we would be a place where people's lives are dramatically impacted, changed, transformed, healed, and saved. That we are a people of life and not of the valleys, that we speak life, that we pray life, that we think life, that we live life. Because we have received that. Jesus himself in John 10, verse 10, speaks of that. I come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. We are to be a full people, a church full of life and all its fullness. So when people encounter us, that life, that spirit-given life is bursting out of us. It's in the room right away, in the office, in the school, in our house, a place where people come alive. I'd love to share a couple of highlights uh, of 2019 as a church. So uh, we're going to get a couple of slides up. I feel like I'm maybe in the way. There's a nice wee picture, isn't it? That was from our first baptism service at Loch Ness. Uh, so highlights. Just over two years ago, we started our adventure at Inverness Vineyard Church with eight adults and 11 kids. Uh, so myself and Mary and our wee boys. And then there was people crazy enough who said, we're going to move with you. We're going to move jobs, and we're going to, and they're crazier than us. They're the crazy ones, really. And uh, it's been amazing. At various points over the course of the next year, these guys joined us. And as of this morning, 92 adults would say Inverness Vineyard Church is their place, and 48 kids. That's wonderful, isn't it? We are a growing family. The next slide. So, over the last year, we have served approaching 200 different children with various activities in our city. So that's a combination of Easter egg hunt. That's our Fun 31 event, which we do on uh, uh, 31st of October in place of Halloween to celebrate light and life. Our Christmas story event, many of us would have been next door there where the guy's done an incredible job journeying uh, the nativity. Our summer kids event, which was carnage in the best possible way. We had to last minute move from outside into a park uh, to the big hall through there and we've seen so many families, and our first ever Easter holiday club as well. We had eight children give their lives to Jesus this last year. If we're going to do a bit of clapping, perhaps it should be at that point. Come on, come on. And just a couple of things on our kids and tots teams and their pastors. They are so creative. They have such a heart for kids and they pour in over and above. We see it firsthand. Uh, so if we give the loudest cheer, can we give the loudest cheer to those guys and a thank you to those guys, yes. And for those of you listening on the podcast who are serving this morning, that was for you. <laughs> so just the next, the next slide as well. Our youth, we launched our, our regular youth program with the legends that are Steve and Eleanor. I don't think they're in the room right now. Uh, they have a bunch of youth who are going through Youth Alpha and eating lunch together over the course of the year, creating a, a little community together. 
Uh, they're about to launch Youth Sundays. You may have seen in the notice slides. So on the third Sunday of the month, starting next week, they're going to be taking our young people out of the service and journeying uh, once a month with them. And we're just really excited. Uh, their hearts burst for young people. And you know how I know that? Because I have parents coming to me telling me how great a job they are doing, looking out for them, loving them, and uh, just encouraging them. So uh, our youth are in the safest of hands, and they have got a great vision uh, to see that grow and flourish. We also launched uh, Mainly Music. Yes, there we go. So Mainly Music. Yes, we muted polite kind of. Mainly Music is our, our uh, weekly preschool-aged group uh, for parents or carers where they gather together and just create community, really, and sing together. And, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And we have started that in November, was it, Michelle? November we started that. And this Thursday past, we've seen, I think it was 12 different families come along to Mainly Music. So God seems to have just done something in that over the prayers and perseverance uh, over the coming over the past few months and we're excited being at Ragmore. we feel that's a god thing and we're excited to see what doors open in terms of the future uh, months and years serving that community further it's very close to where we meet here as well so mainly music also food my favorite thing so this year we contributed, this last year we contributed again with Gateway and their Foods for Family scheme. So we cooked over 100 dinner portions for folk in need. I think it was macaroni cheese. Am I right in saying? Yes. So uh, alongside small groups stepping up to cook for those, we've, we've cooked as a church family as well for those who have had babies, for those who have moved house, for those who are going through a, a tough time. So we've cooked lots of food. And alongside the bring and share lunches, the curry nights, Food has been a massive part of our, our wee church in this last year. We've eaten over 1,200 pastries, over 1,000 cookies. Yes. It's a bit worrying when that becomes the loudest cheer, isn't it? 3,000 cups of coffee. I calculated, and I'm about 17% towards that figure in the course of the year. Our keep cups. So our administrator uh, last year, Heather, who done a great job in 2019, she designed, where is she? Let's give her a cheer. She done a, a great job uh, in 2019. She designed the most amazing keep cups. So creative. And if you don't have a keep cup, they cost five pounds. And half of that goes to Iris Ministries, who are supporting uh, the cyclone post-cyclone in Mozambique uh, to those in need. So we'd love you to have a keep cup and, and bring it into church. And yeah, so good. Mission. So uh, if we have the next bit. As a church, we commit to giving 15% of our income to mission. And that is split 5% to vineyard churches, so the UK movement. And they uh, sow into Dreaming the Impossible, which is a, a yearly youth festival, which we'll be sharing in the coming weeks. Church planting, resourcing that around the world and uh, their various mission partners around the world as well. And then we give 10% to three, uh, four other partners. We have Home for Good, who do a great job in terms of they have a real heart for adoption and fostering and placing kids who are in extreme need in, in loving homes. Also, Kids Club Kampala in Uganda, which do an amazing job 
uh, helping the slum kids in Kampala uh, with education, with housing, and basically bringing hope into, into that city. And Gateway as well, uh, we give to our local charity in Inverness, helping right here in this city, people who are in need, homeless, uh, who are, uh, require help practically as well. So in 2019, this is staggering, combined we have given over £4,300 to areas that don't directly benefit ourselves, but so into the kingdom. How good is that? How good is that? We want to be a generous church. We want to be a generous church. And that figure, you know, and amongst everything else, really stood out for me that that's a staggering amount for the, the size of church we are as well, to be generous in that. So, also, some stories. I just want to share some stories uh, about what's been happening. Uh, we started a ministry last year called Miracle Question. Miracle Question, go out into the streets of Inverness. Uh, once a month this year, it's going to be happening. Cherry leads that team. And we asked the question, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would that be? So that's the starter question with people that are walking in the high street of Inverness. And uh, one of our team members led someone to Jesus uh, over the counter in Debenhams in Eastgate. Just the most incredible conversation, and they gave their lives to Jesus while they were working in the Eastgate Center. It's just amazing, isn't it? Uh, we also had someone who was healed while watching a TV church service where uh, they were speaking about healing, and they said about, uh, you know, if you're sitting at home right now, and you need healing for perhaps a part of your body, just lay a hand on it right now. And during that moment, the Holy Spirit fell in their living room, and they were healed instantly of chest pains, which is just amazing. In school, uh, I'm the chaplain, at one of the chaplains in Melbourne Academy, and I got asked to pop into the religious education classes and share my story. So I went in last year and shared to, I think it was four different classes, so, and it was the most amazing thing, just sharing to these S1s, so these 12, 13-year-olds. And two weeks later, I got a big envelope. It was waiting for me in the school. And one of the classes, I had 30 typed-out notes from these uh, kids just saying, thanks so much for coming in. You've allowed me to, there was words along the lines of, you know, you've allowed me to dream of what I can do with my life and uh, to never give up. And just so, and such incredible feedback that every single kid had spoken into that. And it's just sharing our story. And that, was, that had such an impact, had such an impact with the little that we have and the impact that can have to sow into the next generation. So that, that's been incredible uh, to see that. Also, also, our ASDA click and collect guy. So our ASDA click and collect guy every week, uh, we collect the cookies each week and the, the milk each week. And he has been asking, it started at the very beginning with why all the cookies? <laughs> why all the cookies? But there's been opportunities to pray for the ASDA click and collect guy and conversations and just the most incredible things happening in uh, the most mundane of things, collecting some shopping. Question asked, let's just see what God wants to do. We started our first Alpha course last week. It's not too late to join in. One thing over that, unity. We're joining up on our church in Inverness. We love it. We love Chris and Sarah uh, Dowling, who are doing an incredible job in Kings. We meet uh, with all the other pastors. I was meeting with uh, Robert Halkett at Inverness Christian Fellowship. Just such a sweet guy. There's something stirring in amongst all the other leaders of Inverness. And if we want to see a city transformed, we need unity. So I put that as one of our stories because as we start out, that's got to be at the foundation of what we do and what we look to do as a church. It needs to be churches together for this city. And we're just so encouraged by that, for the kingdom-mindedness of those guys opening up their coffee shop 
and allowing us to partner with them. Uh, so it's such an honor. They're, they're, let me assure you, they are great friends in amongst the city of Inverness when it comes to church leaders, and we are massively encouraged by that. And there's so much other stories that I can't tell, but God is on the move. God is on the move. And uh, we're going to have a quick song of worship, if that's okay. Could we have a quick song of worship? One song, guys, to celebrate. Is that okay? I'll maybe put you on the spot. <laughs> but we're going to, will we do that? Yes, we'll do that. Is that okay? We can maybe even sing a song that we sung before. Uh, if the guys could come up, that'd be great. We're going to mark the moment. We feel it's just important, as I've shared all this stuff as to what has happened and to celebrate, we're going to do that as a church family. And uh, can I urge us to be a people of stories that share our stories to others, but also when God breaks through, that we share them with each other. Hebrews 10:24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So this, uh, this short moment is a chance to say thanks to God for His church, for this last year, for each other, for His power at work in us. So we're going to do that together as a church family. Why don't we stand? <laughs> I want to commend George and Emma to you as a church. But what, yeah. What, but what they have built and the culture they have created around worship, can I just say is precious. You, what we have here is special, and it is God-breathed, and it's not normal. So please, let's not take that for granted with George and Emma, with our worship teams, encourage them, look out for them. Will you pray for them? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> we love them. We love them all. So, uh, just on to part two uh, as a church, and we're going to share a little bit around the finances and what's uh, been happening around them. Our finances are overseen by our charity trustees, uh, so we have three trustees uh, as part of Inverness Vineyard Church who are myself, a, a gentleman called Peter Turner and another one called Alistair Elder. Now, those two uh, guys are in Aberdeen, so when we moved over here, uh, we got them to be our trustees, and they are brilliant. They are so kingdom-minded, and uh, they're going to be at the Scottish Leaders Conference in March, so if you bump into them or end up sitting next to them, just encourage them and give them a pat on the back from me and just say thank you for all they're doing. It's in the hidden. You know, a lot of us won't meet those guys, but uh, please... Uh, be praying for them as well, and just to recognize that when they listen to the podcast. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, in terms of giving, the only people that know who are giving and how much are myself and Mary uh, as the senior pastors of the church. No one else would know uh, that information, so just to share that and to be open around that as well and to disclose that uh, as a church family to you guys. So in terms of the figures of 20. 19. So we started the year in 2019 with 32,000. I feel that I'm standing in the most awkward of places. Move over here. There we go. So we started the year with 32,914 pounds. Our church giving, now you can't see. Well, I just sit down and we'll just have to kind of squint around on my knees. That would be weird. And then our church giving in 2019, including gift aid, was £33,314. Uh, our expenditure, so what went out in terms of church life, 
Uh, just to highlight these areas, mission, we gave, as we've mentioned, £4,352, which is to our mission partners and to the vineyard movement. Ministry, so that's involved in terms of training, uh, staff, staff costs as well, and materials around that, and resources, resourcing small groups, resourcing uh, other things we want to do as a church family. That's 2506 Staff costs, so that's our whole staff team. So just to give you a snapshot of what that looks like, that is myself two days a week uh, for Inverness Vineyard Church. That's Mary one day a week, so as uh, senior pastors of the church. That's uh, Michelle one day a week as our children's pastor for TOTS. That's David, one day a week for Kids Pastor. And also, you may have seen in the email, Cherry, who we employed as our administrator uh, for one day a week as well, uh, as of 2020 as well. So, uh, so that's, yes, that's all the staff costs around that. Administration is 2,624. That includes all our licenses and memberships that we uh, are part of as a church. Our insurances, like liability insurance, uh, web hosting, uh, all the kind of stuff you need to do each year to keep. Also, like our accounts as well, we need to have them uh, audited and signed off as they get sent to Oscar, uh, which is the charity regulator. So that's all the costs involved with that. Building and van costs, that does exactly what it says in the tin. That's 6,579. We have a van each week that we uh, pick up and drop off at the minute, which I'll chat a little bit about. Uh, a little bit later. Church life, 4,503. That's things like our Asda order each week with a click and collect guy. Uh, that's our, our banners, our flyers, our Bibles, our welcome packs, everything that makes church uh, happen each Sunday and uh, various things through, through the year that we facilitate. Community life, that's things like Alpha, our mainly music uh, outreach which we launched. Christmas time, special Christmas services like our carols by candlelight service. Uh, Easter as well, our big Easter egg hunt that we've done as a church family. Children, £1,700. That's resourcing these guys. That's t-shirts. That's uh, making the holiday club happen in October as well. And then the other for 414 was like little things that, that broke, like we had to get a laptop and there was a couple other things which never quite fitted in, in terms of the other columns. So, we started the year with £32,914. We gave £33,314. We spent £54,279. We hold in reserves £6,500. So, should uh, we need to draw upon that to keep things ticking along for a number of months, we, we try to hold back that uh, just to ensure, especially when we have staff involved in the mix as well, we want to make sure there's a security around that and also facilitating services should something happen that that yeah that we have to use that so we are left with 5,449 pounds so that's how it's look, it looks in terms of where we are sitting so I guess in a lot of ways that's quite a fragile position uh, in terms of where we are, are left with everything into account I want to say if you have given financially to the life of the church thank you your money has helped make a difference locally and around the world in making Jesus known You've helped make this happen. And we are so blessed as a church that money hasn't been a barrier to following what God is calling us to do as a church. And we believe that, that God has spoken to us as a church uh, for this next season uh, as to what we have to do next. Now, I've maybe used illustrations around this TV program quite a lot. It maybe looks like I watch a lot of TV as well. I promise you I don't. I have two kids under the age of six. I, I don't watch a lot of telly, but it's maybe based on the past DIY SOS. Does anybody watch that show? So many reasons I love that show. 
I think about half of my sermon illustrations are DIY SOS related. But I love it at the end, through my tears, as Nick Knowles takes all of the credit for hundreds of people helping transform a house. Pardon? You want me to go there? You think that would be better? Okay. Is that better, guys? Yeah. Oh, thanks, love. <laughs> Let me start again. So Nick Knowles takes all of the credit. And he shows them around the house. And he says with a smile, there is more. And he takes them into the kitchen where they've knocked down a wall and they've transformed it into a kitchen diner, a brand new kitchen. And he says, that's not all. There is more. He takes them up to the kids' rooms. The rooms they said, oh, we're not going to touch them. They're all redecorated. That's not all. There's more. Down to the kitchen, patio doors, open them up to a brand new state-of-the-art garden. Walking through. And I remember what you said, Ian, you struggled with finding peace. Let's get to the bottom of the garden. There's more. To reveal the bottom of the garden, a shed like no other. A man cave with all the latest gadgets. That's not all. There is more. We are a people of the more. Alongside the celebrations, the generosity we've received, and all that we've had the privilege to be a part of in the two short years as a church, we feel the Lord whispering, there is more. If you've been here and heard my preaching over the last six weeks, seven weeks or so, I've met, I have alluded many times, this isn't it. After uh, saying it once, I, I highlighted it in my notes afterwards, just before I was due to talk, and those words have really resonated. This isn't it. There is more. This isn't it. There is more. There is more. And there's been, there seems to be a prophetic insight into that and a stirring of hearts around that. I was meeting someone for coffee on Thursday, and on chatting about our church, they said with a smile on their face, there is more. I was being prayed for literally just before we spoke, and what was being prayed over was, there is more, Thomas. Love it. Love it. That's not even my notes. It literally happened 20 minutes ago. And I, I looked back at my vision talk for 2019, this time last year, and I wrote of people saying, I never knew following Jesus could be like this. This is so exciting. There is more. And we sense as a church, now is the time, as it says in Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Mary and I have a, a wee saying, which will be up on the next slide as we've moved here. We don't want to look back and think, what if? We want to look back and say, imagine if we never. And that resonated for us in planting this church and the dream that God has put in, in our hearts. But I feel that that phrase should resonate with us as a church family. We don't want to look back and think, what if? What if I just went forward with what God was stirring? I want to look back and go, imagine if I'd never done that. Imagine if I wasn't obedient. Wow, look what God has done. And that quote has really shaped our journey. And we want adventure to be ingrained in the DNA of our church, not just at the beginning, but through the years to come. So with that in mind, the more that we are dreaming of, and our response as a church is a response to the verses that we've read earlier in Ezekiel 37. In Ezekiel 37, as I looked over our, our vision statement, as I looked over that chapter, and Ezekiel 37 verse 11 says the words, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are cut off. And the more that we are dreaming of is loving and sharing and connecting with those in our city 
whose hope is gone, who are feeling dry and are feeling cut off from relationship. feeling cut off from community, who are feeling like their life has dried up. For hope to rise and for Jesus to be known. That's why we're here. And we feel that this year is about reaching into new places and new spaces. And the more that we have prayed, we just know this is right where Jesus would want us to be. So we see a few exciting steps to making that happen practically as a church community that we want to share this morning. We drum roll. So with that verse in mind, our hope is gone. We feel we are to be a people of hope. And with people in our city, there are people in our city that can't muster that word right now. You can't even dream to think of the word hope. So we feel as a church, our response is to stir people to be saying, I hope. I hope. To utter those words, perhaps for the first time in years, to stir again actually, I can hope again. I can see a different future. So with that in mind, we're going to be launching I Hope Weekly Food Bank. Now, we give weekly to the Highland Food Bank that goes in the black bin, which has been taken away. And, and we will continue to support the brilliant work they do throughout the city. But we feel a prompt from the Lord to create a space locally for the area around here around Rigmore and around Milburn Academy, specifically just around the academy, for people to come. So starting next week, we will provide a space for anyone to collect non-perishable food items before and after the service. So it will look like something, a table perhaps, and somewhere not too visible, quite discreet, so people can come along and receive a food package. And that can happen before the service from 10 to half 10 or straight after 12 to half 12. Uh, we will be rebranding Storehouse to I Hope. These verses that I mentioned about our hope being gone is not a story God wants written for the city. So this little, one little way we see people being able to hope again in a practical sense, to say I hope before, when before they couldn't utter those words. So we're going to start that, and that will be uh, dependent on our donations to that. So when we give, we'll be giving to uh, our weekly food bank, which will be happening uh, each week. Secondly, we are going to be uh, looking to get a van for the city. A van for the city. Let me explain a little bit around this. We have a vision to lease a van for three years. Did I have a little cheer there about a van? Yes, an echo of it. We have a vision for this van uh, to lease it for three years and provide with some joinery expert, expert knowledge, it's definitely not me, given my DIY disasters, some sort of soup, mobile soup kitchen or cooked meals going out into the city eh, and giving out to the most vulnerable in our city. <laughs> to be mobile and to be responsive to needs in the city as and when they arise. Put some nice coffees and some, just some food, perhaps, and just have a wee team that go out and do that and, and just hang out and connect. We could do that with the young people who loiter around, you know, outside Eastgate, just rock up, open the van and have, I don't know, like a games console, a TV up on the wall and just come on in, hang out and some music player and just to connect and serve and love the city. To provide food bank drop-offs to those who are unable to make it along here on Sundays to be a presence of hope in the city. 
to drive hope around Inverness, to be hands and feet of Jesus in the city. And then also off the back of that, a social transformation key worker. So we're identifying to really give this the launch that it requires. We would love uh, somebody to be employed to lead it. So we would advertise for a key worker uh, in working with social services, with connecting with the needs in the city strategically, coming up with strategies and building a team of volunteers from this church so it has good foundations and support to do it well. Um, and then also we have squeezed in at the bottom. Oh no, we have, yes. A re the relaunch of RISE. So uh, RISE happens on the last Sunday of the month where we gather and we have breakfast together. It's been great, hasn't it? RISE has been so good and we love it. But if I can be perfectly honest, it hasn't quite materialized how we had the vision for it. When we first launched RISE, we said it would be relational, it would be inclusive, it would serve the community and it would be a place of encounter. And I think we've hit a couple of them really well. But the one thing, uh, serving the community. So uh, don't get me wrong, I love Rise. And everyone that I've spoken to is like, I really love the connection and getting to know folk. But it hasn't grown with people exploring or coming into church for the first time. And our heart was that that would be a space that would serve the community and be a great way to introduce people to church and to Jesus. Uh, so we're going to relaunch in April, and it's going to relaunch as Rise Community Breakfast. It's going to be known as a place where you can get a really good breakfast and get to know one another. So I say really good breakfast. Some of you, I do love the granola, but we're going to... Uh, <laughs> We're going to, we've looked at, we're inquiring about using a kitchen and getting bacon rolls and sausage rolls into the mix. Brown sauce, Tommy sauce. So this is really, we're really stirring here with the brown sauce, aren't we? <laughs> Iron brew for breakfast. What we see is a space for that kind of breakfast alongside the good stuff as well, just to reiterate. We see it as, instead of a space of worship, to have acoustic set happening in the corner, so to have our musicians just playing some nice music as people coming in. We see the ping pong tables that we <laughs> drapes in and out every week, one or two of them being used. So we're going to move to the assembly hall. We see an area with perhaps games console for the youth or games for the youth. We see a chance as well, maybe perhaps for an area to read the papers or to, to be relational. We see a short welcome from a leader in our church and an invite to our services. So just a couple of minutes introducing who we are and what the heart of this. We see the heart of it as, well, you want a really good breakfast once a month in Inverness Vineyard to have their community breakfast, come along. Word of mouth gets around this area and people just come and eat, come and hang, and we just serve the socks of this local community. So we're gonna go quite big on this. It's a change, but in a lot of ways, it's stepping back to the original vision of what we've seen for that. So the Sunday services will remain the same. We see it as perhaps a gateway into that. Uh, so it'll be a complete revamp of that space. Uh, and then in autumn 2020, we have a vision and a heart as well, which isn't on there, to move all our services into the assembly hall. And then finally, a formation of our leadership support team. It's amazing what God's doing in our church, and we don't want it to stop. And Mary and I have identified over the last year, the importance for local support in that. So we get incredible area and regional support from the vineyard. We have area leaders, regional leaders who speak in, who counsel, who give wisdom. And honestly, we couldn't do it without them. They are salt of the earth. They are incredible, incredible people. But we also recognize we need people who are on the ground, 
on a weekly basis to support us as the church grows. So we're in the process of putting together a leadership support group for Mary and I. So does that sound exciting, guys? Yeah, good. So just as a response, for this all to happen, it requires a bit of a God moment. It requires a big God moment. And uh, if we could have the next slide. We envisage the following approximate costs in order to maintain our current activities and to pursue them more. So we would need to see in our income an increase of £29,200 per year, which equates to £2,433 per month. And that's taken into account gift aid being added on uh, to that. So that would include broken down our van, our three-year lease, and also money set aside to transform that. We would wrap it with good advertisement as well, just I hope van, so it's driving around Inverness. People know uh, what it is with a website as well uh, and doing the joinery stuff that makes that happen. A social transformation key worker for one day a week to maintain our current regular activities as a church, so what we do now to maintain the momentum around that and to move to the assembly hall, which provides an increase which means an increase in cost to what we're paying just now. So make no mistake, it's a massive amount of money. But we believe the Lord has spoken, and we must be obedient to that. Uh, so this is a step that will need to include us all, involve us all, and require all of us to ask the Lord, what's in my hands? And as a church, we have been recipients of radical generosity that has opened so many doors to what we do right now. When we moved here, we were given a gift of uh, £18,000. When we were one year in, we were given a one-year gift of £22,000, which enabled us to hire the staff, which enabled us to put the weekly services in place, hire this building, buy the equipment, do our, our, our kids' events. So the only reason we are here is because of rad, radical kingdom generosity. So now it's a chance for us as a church family to pay it forward. So as a response to this vision being laid out, we would ask us all to prayerfully and humbly come before God and do one or two things. Firstly, re, or the first option would be revisit our current giving to the church. So uh, to look at your budget, to pray and fast, we're going to be sharing a little bit about what's next in terms of that. But for Mary and I, we are going to be looking at our budget with a fine, what's the phrase, with a fine tooth comb. Tooth, is that right? We're going to look at the Netflix subscription. We're going to look at the coffees. We're going to look at, actually, what can we do without that all mounts up to what, what more can we give? What's the most that we could give to make this vision happening? And I get quite excited about that. I get quite excited about that. Or it might be to start giving to the church as well. If you call Inverness Vineyard Church your place, you have a, heart, a part to play in the more, in reaching this city with the hope of Jesus. Giving financially forms part of our worship, and it's good for us. God asks us to play our part. God loves a cheerful giver. Generosity unlocks doors to the kingdom. So what next? When you leave today, you will be given a booklet and a pledge card. We'd love you to go away and read that. And it's, it's basically what I've said in a booklet form. It's not, it's not loads of reading. We've tried to condense it and, and make it really clear. And also there's a frequently ask questions bit on our webpage. So on that booklet is a little link to our website where it has a whole load of questions that you may have. And there's also the option, uh, there's also an invitation if you've got any more questions to email us through with that. So the next two weeks, we're going to ask as a church family, what's our part to play? And we're going to have two weeks of prayer and fasting as a church family. 
So uh, in terms of prayer, we have our early morning prayer at Costa at the train station at 6.30. Yes. They are sweet times. We pace the land. So good. We'd love you to join us if you can make that. There's going to be a prayer meeting at Mary and I's house on the 16th of February. We're also going to run a 24-hour prayer space twice over the next two weeks that you can sign up online for. We're going to send an email of all the links to this, so we'd love you to sign up for an hour or a couple of hours. We're going to ask you as, uh, we're going to, as a church family, fast. Fasting is one of the things that Jesus says we're supposed to do. So Jesus doesn't say, if you fast. He says in his word, when you fast. So fasting is about emptying ourselves so we get hunger for God. Stripping away of what we fill our lives with so we remember what our walk with God is really about and who he really is. For some of us, that'll be fasting food. For some of us, that might not be medically safe or uh, might, we might have previously struggled with an eating disorder. We would encourage you to seek medical advice, but if, if that isn't viable, to look at other ways perhaps you could fast. It might be television, it might be social media, it might be coffee. With whatever your life is full of, to strip that back and to seek his face. And then on the 23rd of February, we're going to have a pledge Sunday. We're going to worship and we're going to feast together. There'll be a breakfast together, and feasting together for most of us as we break that fast and we worship and we bring our little pledge cards forward to the front of church into a big basket. And then the following week, we'll see what God has done. There is more in Verness Vineyard Church. And it's our, it's our chance as a church to arise and shine. Why don't we stand? Love it. Whew. Holy Spirit, we invite you to increase what you're doing. It's been so evident from our first song of worship that you are in the room, that you are speaking into our hearts, you're stirring. There is more. There is more. into this two weeks, Lord, when we declare there is more. We want to declare more of us, Lord, to you. We want to surrender to you. We want to strip back that what is in the way. And humbly come before you, Lord. Pray that you do a new thing in us this two weeks. That will be a formative time for the next season of our lives, Lord. Not just as a church, but individually. You stir faith. You stir expectation in our workplaces, with our friends, 
to do the stuff, Lord, to do the stuff. That's what you call us as a church. That's what you call us as individuals, to be a people that do the stuff, that love, that are hands and feet, that look out for the poor, that heal the sick. Help us be a people of your presence, Lord. We pray increase, we pray increase, Lord, over that. Fill us up to the brim right now, Father. band are going to come up. We're going to sing one last song of worship together as a church family. I've done quite well. We're only a couple of minutes late. That's good. That's good going. So let's worship together. And then as we close, I've got a, a verse on the screen which we're going to put up after our worship song that I'd love us just to declare as a church family as we go on our way. So let's worship together.